We have Jeremy Wu from Sports Illustrated to talk everything leading up to the NBA draft, and then we'll give our thoughts afterwards all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> The NBA draft is fast approaching. We are trying to keep you as informed as possible. And what better way to do it than to have Jeremy Wu on of Sports Illustrated. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeremy Wu. Jeremy, thanks so much for the time, man. How are you? Doing good, man. This is kind of the the fun time of year where it feels like everything matters, even if it sometimes doesn't. So, you know, there's, there's always something to do. Uh, oh, so yeah. Well, that, count that's the days great. Down. We'll give the fake meaning to it. That's fine. The good news is we have NBA final stuff and then boom, NBA draft. You don't have a chance at all to take a breath, but that's exactly how I like it. I want the NBA draft as soon as the NBA final so we can continue to talk about stuff. Jeremy, as Charlotte Hornets fans, I think most of us were really happy to see your latest mock draft. I, I, you came out with what I think may be the best case scenario for the Hornets. You had Duran Fall, Jalen Duran, center from Memphis. He falls to 13. Then they select Malachi Branham at 15. My, my first question is, what do you think the likelihood is of Jalen Duran falling to the Hornets on draft night? Yeah, um, I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance he definitely could be gone. Um, I would keep an eye on, like, I think San Antonio and New York um, could both be, you know, possible landing spots for him. So, like, you know, based on, uh, you know, where I was on this, like, a week or so ago, it's probably, I think it's probably a little less likely, but mm-hmm. uh, it's not out of the question. And I do think one of Duran or Mark Williams will probably be there at 13, just just from me kind of eyeballing this now. Yeah, you had Mark Williams pass Jalen Duran, and I know he did really well at the combine, basically just because of the measurements. The guy's a freak, right? I mean, he has the standing reach that is equal to that of Rudy Gobert, doesn't have any body fat on him. You know, he's it, this is somebody that has kind of been rising up a little bit. Do you think ultimately it will be Jalen Duran above Mark Williams? And, you know, just what do you think the chances are that Williams could be that guy as a center who was selected first? Yeah, um, I mean, I think it just it kind of hinges on – uh, obviously, um, you know, I think there are a couple of landing spots for Duran in the top 10. If they pass, then I think it can become kind of a toss up because, you know, when you get to a team like the Knicks, I think you could argue it both ways. Um, I don't think OKC is going to take one of the bigs. Uh, so then boom, you're at 13. So like, um, I mean, there's a chance they could both be there. Um, but I, I think it's probably more likely uh, that it's Williams just like off of what I know at this time, which is, you know, still fluid. So in, in that mock draft, you said, you know, there's this quest for a long-term center to peer, pair with LaMelo ball and that it could finally come to an end if they select Duran. What about Duran in particular do you see as like a great fit alongside LaMelo? Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, Duran is still kind of a ways away. Like I think you'll find people who probably like him more than I do just in terms of like the upside. Um, but he, you know, he's still really young. Uh, doesn't turn 19 until later in the year. Um, you know, he has an incredible uh, frame and he's always kind of had that body uh, where he's, you know, been able to kind of physically dominate, uh, you know, players his age or younger. Uh, you know, I think the big question now is, you know, how quickly, how long is it going to take for him to catch up in terms of like feel and, uh, you know, understanding you know his role in the NBA and, uh, you know, learning to, you know, I think his motor has always been kind of a fair question. Like, 
you know, I saw him play in high school a lot. There are moments where he floats. Um, I think he made good strides in that area in college. Um, but, you know, as a fit with LaMelo, I mean, as a mobile guy who can screen and who can, uh, you know, catch lobs and rebound and, you know, hopefully be, a, you know, above average defensive uh, presence, I think he makes a lot of sense. Um, I honestly think Mark Williams might be a, a better fit just because he's even bigger and a bigger target and, uh, you know, runs the floor. I, I guess, I mean, they're both pretty athletic. Like, I think they're they're yeah. both good fits. Um is uh is Jalen Duran the only player that you see with that potential to slip from mid to late lottery, or are there other players that the Hornets could suddenly find themselves find available to them at thirteen? Yeah, um, I mean, of the guys who uh, could slip, like out of my top group, the the one I think is probably most likely right now, I would guess, would be AJ Griffin could be there at thirteen. Um, I don't think he's going to go in the top 10. Like some people think, like, I, I just think there's, there are scenarios where he slips. Uh, Is that just wrong. injury concerns, um, Jeremy? Well, I, I think it's partially that, but also just, it's a tricky eval and it's not just off. It's not just injuries, but it's just a question of like, you know, how much of the athleticism that he had when he was younger, will he get back? Um, you know, I, I also, I always personally think, uh, you know, sometimes these guys, uh, and this is not like a knock on, the rankings, but like sometimes guys will get ranked high when they're young and then they don't really like move around in the rankings. It doesn't, you know, get critically looked at. And I think because he missed a lot of time, uh, I think it was hard to know, you know, what to do with him. If you were one of those people who, who did those jobs, you know, so sometimes, you know, he, he was ranked high early and then he didn't play a lot. And then it was the pandemic. And then you know, he wound up with this lofty ranking still. Um, but not, you know, the question is like, what changed in that time, right? Like we can't take that for granted. Uh, and I think, you know, from what he showed at Duke, like, we know, he's a really good shooter. Uh, and I think, you know, as long as he's healthy, he's a pretty good, pretty good chance. He's like a valuable uh, complimentary player. Um, but I, I think some of the people, you know, you know, you see takes where it's like, oh, AJ is top five or whatever. And it's like, I, I don't think the NBA views it that way because I don't think that uh, they necessarily trust that that's like what the upside is because we just, we just haven't seen it right in terms of. Uh, you know, what else he does besides, you know, playing off the of his shot? You know, he's not a great defender yet, and I think he's still playing catch-up a little bit uh, developmentally too, right? So, like, it's one that could really go either way. Um, yeah. But I think I think the injury factor plus, like, that range of outcomes uh, kind of puts him, you know, in a position to maybe slip a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, and you kind of talk about the rankings with A.J. Griffin being rated really highly at first. I feel like it's kind of the opposite for Malachi Branham, who you had going to 15 with the Hornets, maybe somebody that wasn't viewed as highly now, didn't think of maybe being a one-and-done player. Here he is kind of rising up as the season goes on, efficient player, you know, really excellent year with the Buckeyes. What do you like about his game and maybe his fit with the Charlotte Hornets there at 15? Yeah, well, I I should preface this. Like, I do think there's a chance that 15 gets traded. Um, yeah. Like, I, I know they're looking at it. Um and people are calling about it. So like, I wouldn't assume they make both those picks. Um, they, they could end up moving back. Um, but I think, I think Branham, you know, once you kind of get past the lottery guys that everybody sort of agrees on, I think Branham, uh, you know, his ability to make shots, you know, he plays with a lot of poise and craftiness for a guy who's still pretty young. Um, you know, I like guys sometimes who are coming off the radar a little bit more. Uh, I think he had something to prove and had a really good uh, freshman year overall. Right. So like, um, I guess my one worry with that pick would be that you might be, you know, if you're Charlotte taking him, you might be cannibalizing book night a little bit where, you know, I wouldn't be willing to give up on him after one year where, you know, didn't get along with the coach, but new coach coming in, like 
I think you've got to give him a chance. Uh, but Malachi, you know, is a different type of player, but I think they probably play sort of similar roles in the end. Um, but, uh, you know, if they are ready to move on or, or they decide they want to just take a shot, um, I think of the guys who are left, like you can kind of see the upside with him as, uh, you know, really probably going to be a good shooter, can kind of play on and off the ball. Um, doesn't have the great size for a wing, but I think enough that you just kind of see the trajectory he's on and you think, hey, maybe this guy can grow into – uh, you know, something more than that. So, uh, you know, if they're willing to take a shot on upside there, you know, Abaji would be like a, maybe a more boring pick at 15, but like would also probably play right away. Um, you know, you can kind of go a couple of different directions there if they stay on that pick. Yeah. And you talk about just um, the ability maybe to trade this 15th overall selection. And that's what you've been hearing. We, we've heard some of those rumors so far. Miles Turner again. I mean, we've talked more about a different player on a different team on a Hornets podcast. Like it, it's Miles Turner all the time rearing his head. What do you think the chances are that that could happen? Or what kind of value, I guess, could that 15th pick get in return as the Hornets have been looking for a center now for quite a while? Yeah, I, sure. I mean, I think that's the question, right? Like, would you rather have Miles Turner now? And then, you know, if you know that you're doing that deal, uh, then does that free you up to, you know, not take a big at 13, right? And that that's where some of these scenarios kind of open up as we're kind of working down the draft, like something I do every day, right? I'm thinking about how this could unfold. So like, yeah, um, you know, I think it kind of depends. Um, it, I know that there are some teams that are trying to move up and it kind of depends on what they're offering, right? Like, you know, personally, I don't know if I, I'd probably rather have, you know, Mark Williams for cheaper than, than Miles Turner right now, just mm -hmm. Just because, and also, like, I would question, you know, Miles Turner isn't really like a, you know, he's a good player, but he's not like a super, you know, transition oriented, like high flyer. You know, he's more of a half court player who screens and can shoot and kind of does that. Um, but, you know, Miles Turner, he's kind of going down the path into being like sort of like a Brooke Lopez type guy, I think. So, and I don't know, I think you could question, you know, if you're trying to be a, you know, a transition team with LaMelo, then does that really make sense? So, so I don't know. I don't know if that's what they end up doing. Um, but I do think, like, if there's a veteran piece that fits or a way to move salary around, like, maybe you, you know, send out 15 and you attach, you know, Hayward to it and you get some other stuff that, that you like and you kind of shuffle the deck, like, that might be worth thinking about. Yeah, so we'll see exactly, you know, how it all plays out. At 13, 15, the Hornets do have some ability to move or possibly just, you know, use both of those picks. I want to get into some more scenarios here in just a moment. We'll have plenty more from Jeremy Wu coming up next. We'll talk about Shaden Sharp's floor and what it means, the fact that he had a solo workout with the Charlotte Hornets. Let's talk about prize picks because NBA fans, I know you're looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA. You need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it. I know you will too. And part of the reason I love it is because it's easy to use. You pick two to five players and over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy plus you can use the award-winning app on both the app store and google play they offer any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds even steals for a limited time prize packs has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users they get 50 dollars for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point but you must use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. You can sign up today and use code NBA $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. More woo coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. 
Big thanks to Jeremy Wu, as I mentioned, still joining us to talk about all of these different uh, different draft day scenarios that could unfold. You mentioned James Booknight. You know, that was a question that I already had down. You said you didn't want to cannibalize Booknight by maybe adding a, a Branham or something like that. You know, also kind of Kai Jones, right? Two first round picks that didn't see a whole lot of time. You know, Booknight saw very little. Kai essentially saw zero. You know, what were your thoughts on both of those guys heading into last year's draft? And is it possible to kind of you know get a grip on where they are right now? Yeah, um, you know, I liked both guys, uh, genuinely. Um, I think, you know, I still believe in Book Knight. Like, uh, I think he's very talented. I think there's more in there. Um, you kind of got to bring it out and, you know, maybe worry a little bit about whether it's the right fit. Um but I, I do think you kind of got to see, like, uh, you know, he is kind of what they need, like another scorer, um, someone who can shoot the ball, like, going to have to do a little better defensively. But, like, I, I think he's a really gifted offensive player. Um, I still think he probably finds a way. Um, Kai Jones, I have less faith in now. I think I was probably a little bit too optimistic. And I'm not going to act like I watched, like, a lot of Greensboro Swarm games because I didn't. Um, so I don't know exactly. I missed out, man. It was great. Yeah. Kai Jones. I, don't know exactly, <laughs> I don't know exactly how his year went. Um, but I do think um, – you know, he's just, he's been kind of far off in terms of just conceptual stuff and needing to get stronger. And um, he's probably going to need to be a four and not really a five because of the way his body is, which is okay. You know, he's a good athlete. Like, I wouldn't write him off. Uh, but also, it's hard for me to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, Kai should definitely be part of the, you know, the plans for what the rotation is going to look like, you know, from where we are right now looking ahead, right? Like, book night, I, I'm comfortable saying, you know, he has the ability that he should at least get a shot to, uh, you know, be in the rotation. And I would be hoping that he would be able to step in. Yeah, and so so much of that minutes distribution is going to depend on uh, this uh, new coach that they've hired. Kenny Atkinson would love your thoughts on the Kenny Atkinson hire, and and just when you when you think about what Kenny Atkinson likes to do, pay space, shoot the ball on offense. You know what kind of players in this draft do you feel? I don't know how much they're going to consult Kenny on this. You know him be, him being hired just several weeks before the draft, but what kind of players in this draft do you think uh, would fit sort of the Kenny Atkinson uh, mold? of uh, a guard or even uh you know a front court player yeah that's a good question um you know I, I think it does make sense just you know thinking about like you said um sort of his track record uh you know with ball movement heavy teams and you know i think playing an attractive brand of basketball um you know you like yeah i doubt that you know considering he's still obviously <laughs> coaching the finals i don't know how much input he's gonna have on the picks but uh, you know, if we, if we kind of look at guys who are kind of in that uh, top 20 range, like one guy I think is interesting is um, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, who has had a really, really big sort of rise uh, in, in prestige, um, you know, uh, coming out of the combine, he was really good and uh, someone who kind of proved himself. Um, you know, I think he kind of, you know, fits pretty well as like a guy who can move the ball and hit shots and sort of plug in a lot of different positions with like, I think when we talk about positions now in the NBA, it's more just like, you know, A, can you like play a role and be like, what position are you guarding? Right. So it's like, it's, it's, it's not as like a hard of a framework as it used to be. So he kind of fits that. Um, Cause he's got the length to kind of, you know, defend up uh, bigger guys and uh, you know, kind of plug in on and off the ball. So something like that could be interesting, whether it's at 15 or if they trade back um, it's kind of, I mean, their the, the roster is kind of an interesting place when you, when you think about it. Um, and it's just a matter of, you know, I think, you know, to me, I think the priority would still be, you know, trying to nail down a big, you know, whoever that ends up being. Um, 
because that's you know that's going to kind of define you know how they defend and and then how they want to play is you know who they have is sort of the the front court partner um so yeah, i think absolutely to me that's still the priority yeah 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 for sure and you mentioned trading back there walker should we do it should we do it should we get jeremy woo to grade I, I, our to ultimate I, mock draft me, you me same yes i was thinking <laughs> it i was thinking all right go ahead pose it pose it to him and we'll we'll get the jeremy woo grade for the ultimate stamp of approval <laughs> yeah so here's what we did jeremy we tried to move up in the draft to get jalen duran uh we were we were shopping a lot of things around with that 13th pick Could couldn't do it, so we, the 13th pick stuck with it, took Mark Williams. Now, the 15th pick, we were able to send to San Antonio in exchange for the 20th pick and Yaka Pirtle. We sent away Kelly Oubre in that deal with the 20th selection. We took Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, so we end up with a, a couple of Williamses, Mark Williams, <laughs> Jalen Williams, and we get Yaka Pirtle. What do you think? A plus, A plus plus, or A plus 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 plus? Mm, yeah, I like, I like that. All. I like that. I think that's a good, pretty good, pretty good uh, outcome there. I think, I guess, obviously, you know, now you have two centers and not one. You got to five minutes from both, but it's a better problem to have than no good. Yeah, we had, yeah, we had zero, I zero five, Jeremy. <laughs> I want five centers. Do you have any? We'll take them. It's called overcorrection. That's right. That's right. Um, we'll, we'll put them with Greensboro and then you can watch center ball all day. That's we'll right. Just have Kai that's Jones right. start at point guard. And that, there you that'll go. be the ticket. I think um, that's his future. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but the trade, great. but the trade back scenario for Jalen Williams. I mean, what do you, hey, what do you think about Jalen Williams? Because that was that was Walker's specialty right there. He wanted Jalen Williams bad. He was big on Jalen Williams. What do you think about that pick in particular? Yeah, like I said, I mean, I think he's a nice. I think part of why he's so like broadly appealing to teams right now is just because you can kind of plug him in anywhere, um, and kind of as like a extra guard who's also kind of you know can play off the ball, but like in a pinch could you know run some offense like. I think that does make some sense, um, you know, sort of with, with where the roster is. Like, ultimately, I think, uh, you know, I think I think when you're building around LaMelo, ideally you, you want to have, like, as few ball stoppers as possible. Um, you know, you want the ball to flow. Yeah. Like, you want LaMelo to feel like he can give it up and get it back. It kind of enhances. You know, to me, it's like passing is such a contagious skill, and the more good passers you have, like, it can kind of multiply, you know, how useful it ends up being, right? Like, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think that makes sense. If, it, if, that were, if that were something that could happen, then I think that that would be a good Right. Um, all right. Just a couple more questions before we get you out of here. The first one is Shaden Sharp worked out with the Charlotte Hornets. Maybe a little surprising considering where he's solo. supposed to go. Yep. Solo workout along with Mark Williams. So the end of the week last week was pretty interesting for the Charlotte Hornets with both of those solo workouts. I want to ask you about Shaden Sharp first. Just what do you think the floor is for him? Like, is there... You know, I, you had him go eight in your latest mock draft. Is that a, a possibility, or do you expect most likely probably top six pick or something like that? Yeah. Um, so I think at the combine, I had I was thinking he was going to go higher. Now, now I think Shaden is actually the guy who may fall um, a little bit. So I think that's probably. I think you could you can see that that's reflected in, uh, you know, their decision to even work out for Charlotte. Um, you know, I think they're probably trying to find him some type of floor. Uh, you know, I can't imagine that. Well, look, if he, if he gets to 13, I think, the, you know, it's probably as far as he'll fall. Like, not saying they'll take him, but, like, someone will trade in to take him or you know, he'll be the pick or whatever. Like, I, he's not going to fall out of the lottery. Um, it's not like that. Um, but I do think, like, the more that we're sort of learning about, uh, you know, how the top picks can go, um, you know, the harder it is to kind of find a, you know, landing spot for him super early, I just think. You know, one of the strengths of this draft is there is a pretty good, uh, you know, top 10. Um, you know, you can debate the strength of the, you know, number one pick candidates relative relative to 
other years, but I think that there are clearly guys who are good players and, you know, first dozen guys or so, uh, you are going to, I think, have good careers and are interesting prospects in any year. So like, um, you know, in the context of Shaden, I just think that people don't feel as familiar with him. Uh, you know, his workouts, I've heard kind of mixed stuff. Uh, you know, you said he didn't want to know in Charlotte. I know that, you know, he's gone other places and done three on three and, you know, been in competitive settings. Uh, and I think the results have been a little bit mixed from what I understand. So, um, you know, I would guess he's still probably gone before 13, but it's not like totally out of the question that he could be there. And that's obviously, I think, why they sent him there. So. Well, well in, in final one for me, just Shaden Sharp, solo workout, same thing with Mark Williams. Both were had that same day. Do you put any stock into that aspect of it, it being a solo workout, gamesmanship? Oh, this team really, truly likes this prospect. Or is it just they're a top prospect? These guys will get those one on O sometimes. Like, is there anything you make out of solo workouts leading up to the draft? Yeah, um, I mean, it's usually just indicative of, uh, I think, the, you know, the agent and the player, you know, sort of their strategy in terms of how they handle pre-draft, but also... Uh, you know, the leverage that a player has, uh, you know, over, you know, relative to a team, you know, I think if it were up to teams, nobody would ever do a one to no workout. Right. But if you're Jabari Smith, like you don't have to play against other guys, like you can just, you know, show up and do what you got to do and they're going to be okay with it. Right. So like, uh, you know, for Shaden to do a one to no in Charlotte, I think that shows it's like, that he's probably someone they weren't expecting and aren't expecting to be there. So, you know, any look they can get at him is, is valuable. Right. But, you know, for teams in the top 10, you know, he worked out against other guys and I think, you know, I think that that was a sticking point for some people too, uh, with him just because, uh, you know, given that he didn't play at Kentucky, uh, he hasn't, you know, been in a lot of competitive situations, uh, that teams value, you know, I mean, high school is one thing, but you know, the more looks you can get at somebody in that setting to sort of evaluate those personality traits, I, I think, you know, you take what you can get, you know, a workout's a workout. Sometimes it isn't worth anything. Sometimes it's interesting. Um, but it's just about, you know, putting yourself in position to learn you know, what you want to learn about a guy. Right. So, you know, Charlotte probably wasn't going to be able to get him to you know, play one-on-one or three-on-three, three, but I think just getting him in is still valuable to them in case he is on the board. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sir, just, yeah. Ju- just very quickly, Jeremy, uh, you in your mock draft 45, you have the Hornets taking Tyrese Martin senior out of UConn. Um, what is, what is a Tyrese Martin? <laughs> Tyrese is uh <laughs> he's actually one of my favorite sleepers in the draft. Um, I put him there just, to stick him somewhere. I'm not saying they're taking him. Uh, I think <laughs> 45 could be a stash, but like, man, like, you know, the whole, um, all the forties, I think all those picks could move or teams don't really want to roster those picks. So like that could be anybody. Um, that's just sort of like a placeholder. But if they do take Terry Smartin, uh, you know, I think he has a pretty good chance of, you know, sticking our roster long-term. Um, you know, he is a versatile guy, defends multiple positions, can play on and off the ball, plays hard, shoots it a little bit. Like, Guys like that, with the way the NBA is going now, like if you have that type of you know range of skills and you're not like going to get lost defensively, um, I think there's a it's like a good place to start even even if you are a you know 23 year old senior. Um, so he's somebody who I do like actually. Sold. All right, I'm yeah, sold. yeah. <laughs> Tyrese, that, that's the only guy we want. Anybody else? We're angry. Forget we him. want Jeremy Wu's suggestion of Tyrese Martin. You can go to that mock draft. You can follow everything Jeremy Wu's doing on his Twitter account at Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated. Thank you so much for the time, man. This was awesome. Learned a lot. We really appreciate it, and uh, have a good rest of your day. No problem. Thank you, guys. Humdiddly do.
Awesome stuff from Jeremy Wu. We'll give our thoughts on what he had to say leading up to the NBA draft. But now before we talk about Bet Online, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NBA Finals matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals leading into the Stanley Cup, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your, uh, you can use your mobile device. You can learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's get to our thoughts coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. The second time we've been told we were geniuses. I might have thrown that word in there, but that's the feeling I get when we have our draft graded, when we made our decisions. When you were behind the scenes wheeling and dealing, I was the guy with the 20th pick. We both liked the 13th pick. Doug, it's the best I've ever felt after an ultimate mock draft because everybody's telling us how smart we are, and that's certainly something we enjoy here. Well, Jeremy Wu has been a uh, you know one of the experts on the ultimate mock draft before, right. so it carries even more weight. So this about. really is just a warning shot to all of the folks that are going to be judging our picks on the ultimate mock draft. We have Richard Stamen on our side. We got Jeremy. We're cornering the market on the analysis of our ability to ultimate mock draft. Uh, so don't mock our mock. Okay. That's all don't I'm saying. That. You're going to look like a fool. A fool. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, man, the, if you want to start with the big man stuff, as, as we did with him, you know, at, we're, we've talked about it a lot. Probably a little bit of a different take there with him not being nearly as high on Jalen Duran. And yeah. he thinks Mark Williams could be a better fit with the Charlotte mm-hmm. Hornets both are going to be good right you know he talked about that with kind of a minimal gap between the two but did play around with that idea which is something not anybody else has really talked about too much right um yeah I thought that was interesting right like I, I'd still take Jalen Duran, but ultimately I think what we're learning about Mark Williams is that we're not in Charlotte just going to be okay with taking him because he's a center he's good this is somebody that is totally worthy of the 13th overall pick. You're not reaching because the Hornets have neglected that position for so many years now. And finally, we'll just take whoever is on the board next. Now, I think that is where I find the comfort is that there's a legitimate option there. Maybe mm-hmm. he could even be taken before 13. Like it's not, and it's it's not a certain scenario he's going to be there when the Hornets are selecting. But if he is, it's totally going to be worth that pick. And he serves that position of need, which is clearly the best of both worlds. Yeah, I think we're going to know a lot about the direction that the Hornets want to take with this next season, just based on what they do, not only with the 13th pick. I think that's important. Do they, you know, if Duran and Williams are available, do they look to the future with Duran and say, hey, in two or three years, <laughs> we potentially have another all-star on our team? Or do they go with the safer pick and say, no, actually, I think we can swing a deal for a, a, a maybe upgraded starting center over Plumlee and then use Mark Williams in, in kind of a depth position and, and really try to make a go at this first year for Kenny Atkinson. Let's try to make a go of it now. Uh, you know, just based on the comments that I've heard from Mitch Kupchak, it seems like they're not extremely confident about the Hornets' prospects of being a playoff series winning team next season. So I think the opportunity is there for them if they'd like to take a Duran, if Duran does fall. And this is... This is I'm getting more confident that it that it could be a possibility and and I think it just goes to show you Wu take take Wu's mock with all of these other mocks and Stamen's thoughts and and I just see this middle to late lottery being very shaky 
just very unpredictable. All over the, yeah, yeah, it's all yeah, over the place. Yeah, players that um, that don't, you know, typically these young guys like Duran are are so highly valued. You know, a young player with all of his athleticism and Shaden Sharp too, same kind of thing. You know, had he had he been able to come out in, in high school and and go straight into the draft, he probably is like a top three pick. But because all of these different things present themselves and and they make their choices, then then it hurts their draft stock. And so. I think uh, it's going to get very interesting. That 13th pick, I really just, my feeling, my gut feeling right now is that it's not going to be a situation where it's like, well, it's obvious Mark Williams to pick. I think there's going to, either Mark is going to be taken by the Knicks and you won't even have that option, or Mark's going to be available with another name that is home run enticing. Well, and and that always comes from us projecting what the Hornets need with some of these guys that could go where the Hornets are selecting. Man, this organization doesn't let a whole lot of information get out as far as who they like regarding the NBA draft. I I can't remember, Doug, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't remember mock drafts completely predicting who the Hornets were going to take at that spot and then the consensus being right. I, you know, I, I, I don't remember PJ Washington hundred percent being the pick. And as you, the further you get out, the harder it is, you know, like that's understandably tough as the pool gets bigger. But I mean, even the LaMelo ball draft, we didn't know who they were taking. You know, they, there was a report. There were maybe some that were like, Hey, Hornets don't love LaMelo, you know? So well, there was a funny business around LaMelo's like interviews and whatever smoke that was. Um, yeah, you know, but it, point being is that we're not necessarily going to get a 100% indicator on who the Hornets are going to take at 13 or 15. I do want to talk about, you know, also Jeremy Wu mentioning, hey, just just as a disclaimer, I don't necessarily think the Hornets are 100% going to make both of these picks. And that aligns with what we talked about yesterday when Jake Fisher said Hornets are shopping 15. Jeremy said on his own account, he knows that the Hornets are kind of willing to get rid of 15. That That's that indicates to me, Doug, like Hornets are very much so willing to do so, right? Like, Hey, we are, we're willing to get rid of 15. If there's a veteran we think can come in and help this team right away, let's go ahead and pull that trigger. As long as we don't get killed on any kind of value. He also said, maybe you just don't worry about trading 15 for miles Turner. Cause you could just have Mark Williams, get him on a better contract. And Miles Turner might not even fit because he's more of a half court player than he is a rim to rim type of guy. Like I, I thought both of those, you know, a, a little bit against the grain, right? Like same topic. It's great content for us daily podcasters because it's the same topic, but we're talking about it in different ways because Jeremy kind of provided some different uh, angles to think about this stuff. You've got me curious with this idea of like, when is the last time the Hornets made a consensus pick? And I think you'd probably have to go all the way back to 2012 when they picked MKG. And I know there was discussion about Beal at the time, yeah. but I think most of it w- was pretty centered around, all right, you lost the Anthony Davis uh, prize, but MKG is too enticing. Beal seemed like a surefire player that would be uh, useful for a long time as a shooter, but I don't, you know, of course, I, I think we underestimated what Beal could become. And obviously the MKG um, is uh, not really playing in the league anymore. But so I thought, honestly, I thought it was 2013 when the Hornets took Cody. That, that was just my memory. I thought, what, where, wasn't he mocked? I'm looking at these mocks now and not really. I'm looking at this sort of consensus mock or 
mocks around. Uh, well, the, dude, the Anthony Bennett goes number one, and I was like, hey, that might be a, a sneaky cool pick for the Charlotte Hornets. And whoa, number one, you know, we get the Bill Simmons reaction, and everything goes crazy from then. Looking back, the and I remember the Zeller pick being booed. And now I, I think I know why, because this Zeller pick was a bit of a reach. A lot of Zeller, hey, 10, 11. Look where those guys ended up playing, you know, after that pick. It wasn't egregious. You know, the Hornets and the Bobcats have missed out on a lot of players, not getting it twisted. That draft with Cody Zeller, it was Oladipo who was taken second overall. I forget who was taken third, but after that, Porter. I mean, you have to wait till you get Otto to Giannis, Porter. which Giannis doesn't even count if he goes 15. That means everybody missed on Giannis. That means there were 11 teams in between the Hornets and the Bucks who missed out on Giannis. Like, it, it, it wasn't crazy to take Cody Zeller at four at that time and even ended up not being the worst pick ever. Otto Porter uh, was the third overall pick starting in the finals now. So congrats to Otto Porter. Hung around there. Uh, but Ben McLemore was also hanging around there. So these mocks had Anthony Bennett, Oladipo, Ben McLemore, Alex Lynn was mocked to the Bobcats in this draft. But it ended up being Zeller, who was kind of mocked around the 8 to 12 range. And then, yeah, it's just funny to look back. Giannis is in this, like, 21 to 26 yeah. range. No one, no one so knew what to do reached. with that cat. <laughs> oh, totally. I think even yeah. people said that at the time. People were like, what, what, are, you, what are they doing? Yeah. What do they know? Here's the mocks for Bucks. This could have been the Bucks alternate universe, all right? Uh, Sergey Karasev, Contavious oh, wow. Caldwell Pope, Alan Crabb, and a couple more Contavious Caldwell Pope. Big contract for Alan Crabb. <laughs> KCP still in the league. Yeah, that's not quite the universe. Been, it would have been awful, but it would have it would have been awful if the you know if the Celtics good. with the 16th pick would have would have taken them. Um, yeah, so not great, but the Hornets honestly. Cody Zeller is one All of the better draft case. history is my fa- I should have made in college I should have majored in mock draft history you're a historian yes Dr. Branson <laughs> what do you think about this 1985 Got my PhD, the D stands for draft and that's exactly right um yeah you would honestly be great at that you should be a teacher now you shouldn't even be a student you should be a teacher that's last true. thing let's get to the solo workouts too Shade and Sharp Mark Williams both of those guys working I'm out I'm a genius I'm a genius told you Shade and Sharp falling told you <laughs> so he's going to be the pick at 13 he's going to fall the 13 oh, what why are you a genius specifically Doug? because on the last show when we talked about this i said mm-hmm. and i feel like i was a little bit mocked on that show my draft <laughs> my draft analysis was mocked it wasn't a mock draft i was mocked mm-hmm. um because i said that shade and sharp this wasn't an indicate this not was not necessarily an indication that the hornets were looking to trade up but that Shaden Sharp and his people thought, hey, we got to get to Charlotte because we want to make sure that we don't fall out of the lottery. Let's work for some of these late lottery teams because we're getting the sense that, you know, not playing in college was <laughs> maybe not like the greatest decision. And it's hurting our draft stock. Yeah. Jeremy said he thinks 13 is the floor, that it wouldn't be the Hornets taking him, but it would be another team trading up to 13 to take him. So literally that well, was we the disagree. Last we disagree there. Uh, You know, I think the Hornets could definitely, why would they invite him if they weren't trying to get a look at him and do their homework and say, Hey, is this Shaden Sharp? I guess you could, is it, is it, do we, you know, this is a situation that teams always have to battle, right? They have to think like, do, are all these other teams missing something? It's the Giannis thing. You know, it's like the Bucks took Giannis and, and they had to believe that all these other teams are going to, they don't understand. That's why, that's why they they have them projected down at 21, 28. We're going to take them at 15, you know? You got to figure that out, or you get into a Noah Vonley situation where you go, "Oh yeah, all these other teams—they did know that he didn't know how to play basketball." 
Yeah, well, I mean, there there are different scenarios. It, it works well sometimes, and then it destroys you other times. But, yeah, I mean, and they worked out Mark Williams solo, too. I, I thought that was just – it's basically kind of the agent, what that player is willing to do. You know, okay, we're, we're not going to get punked by another prospect that's projected to go in the second round. Because, remember, Richard Stamen, you know, putting that out there with Tari Eason, it sounds like that really hurt him. You know, Tari Eason, according to Richard Stamen, had been in some workouts – and what he had heard is that it didn't go well. Like guys that were in the second round were outperforming him, and he was the worst guy in the draft. Like that. Well, that's you. The, you know, that's the thing with Shaden Sharp, right? Like, you know, you didn't get a chance to see him in college against other elite college competition. Mm-hmm. So then he comes and says, "Well, I'll work out for you, but I, I don't want to play. I don't want to work out against anyone." And it's like, oh, you know, come on, man. Hey, if Kermit on Hustle is going to go and play these five on fives on in the draft combine then Shane Sharp's got to put out at least some more three-on-threes or five-on-five drills. Have you seen Hustle yet? I have I have not. How is the uh, – you know, I always I always pay close attention to the level of basketball that is played in these fictional presentations. How is it? Is the dribbling, like, super high like this Well, look, they've – no, they've got – well, they've got players. I saw Anthony legitimate. Edwards is in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, Anthony Edwards is Kermit. I forget his last name. But Anthony oh, okay, Anthony's good. great, too. He really is very good. But they have Juancho Hernan Gomez playing the main character. So, yeah, these guys, not only do they know how to play basketball, they're do in the they NBA. Act? Yeah, uh, some of them do. Some of them probably not, but some of them do. No, like Tobias Harris is in there. Like, of course, he knows how to play. There's no eye dribbling from Tobias Harris. And so, sometimes, yeah, sometimes these things end up being like a 2K cutscene. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is this is not good. This Plus, man, Adam Sandler, I mean, pretty damn good in the dramatic roles that I've seen him in throughout his career. You know, I'm not giving him the Oscar, right. but I'm also giving him his chops as a pretty good, like, punch drunk love. I thought he was amazing in that movie. I think Hustle, he's very good playing Stanley Sugarman. You know, I know Spanglish is something a lot of people really liked as well. Like, Adam Sandler... Adam Sandler doing a pretty good job in the dramatic roles. I just some want to pretty, give him some pretty obscure. You just went for some pretty obscure Adam well, Sandler. Well, to be fair, cuts. those are the deep only cuts. Well, to be fair, those are the only types of roles in dramatic roles that Adam Sandler's going to get. Like, he's not he's not getting nominated for an Academy Award. I just wanted to give Adam Sandler his props. Also good basketball player. Like the Great. shot doesn't look good, but it goes in. Um Maybe we'll draft him at 45 instead of Tyrese Martin. All right, that'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Thanks again for hopping on with us, making us your first listen. Make sure your second listen is Locked On NBA. Catch Richard Stamen, catch Raphael Barlow, also joined by Leaf Tulin. They're doing a great job over there getting you ready for the NBA draft. Again, make that your second listen after you listen to us first with all the great draft insight that we have because our mock draft keeps getting those a plus grades those a plus plus grades we'll continue to give you some more information as the week goes along here on the lockdown hornets podcast 